It's time for a special All-Star Game edition of the Blackhawks Insider Podcast. Hello and welcome to Blackhawks Insider, the official podcast of the Chicago Blackhawks presented by ChevyDriveChicago.com. Drive what Kane and Caves drive. Seth Jones is the Blackhawks representative at the 2023 NHL All-Star Game, so of course he's our guest on this week's podcast episode. Seth has had a fabulous NHL career and has made his first NHL All-Star Game as a member of the Blackhawks. We've got our take on the All-Star Game as well, and of course, Sellies and Chirps, so stick around, you won't want to miss it. This is once again the Blackhawks Insider Podcast, presented by ChevyDriveChicago.com. Drive what Kane and Taves drive. Well, every Blackhawks Insider podcast is like an all-star episode for me because I've got two all-star co-hosts, Colby Cohen and Kaylee Chelios. Hello. <laughs> you guys are, are all-stars in my book. Okay, I, I have to admit, uh, the, the Smash Mouth song has been playing in my head all week. Okay, anyways, all-star game. Uh Look, this is uh, this is really this is really an exciting time on the NHL calendar for me. Uh, you know, again, I, I'm going through my first full NHL season, and and candidly, NHL All Star Week is something that that I've always been aware of is going on, but it's always on the on the been on the periphery for me um, in terms of other early February sporting events. But you know, I, I think compared to the other three. North American pro sports leagues, you know, the NHL all-star game is, is very unique in terms of its structure and uh, some of the events that they have going on prior to the all-star game. So as, as people who have been in the, in and around the game much longer than I have, uh, what, what do you think of the, of the NHL all-star game and week-long experience? Kaylee, I'd, I'd love to hear your thoughts. I was there last season and it was a lot of fun. Obviously as a kid, it, it's cool just being around the best of the best and it's changed a lot in the format, but just seeing all those players together for the first time in one locker room and watching them interact with each other because some of them are big fans of each other is probably like the most exciting. For me, I like the fastest skater competition, even though it gives me like a heart attack that McDavid and a lot of players, I think Braden Point was the only player I saw wear a helmet, which I thought was wild during that competition. And then I like the hardest shot, Shea Weber, Chara in the past. So there's individual things I love about it. And then just overall, you know, last year what stood out to me was just Brady Kachuk's face. He was so young and just so excited to be there and be on a stage with like Hall of Famers and future Hall of Famers, really. It was just, it's cool. So the whole event is just more so for me, not about the game. That's not as exciting as like the individual performances and just the reactions of seeing the best players in the world come together and kind of be in awe of each other a little bit in the locker room. You know, I just have these memories of, of being a kid and, and seeing these things happen. And, and I remember they used to give a car to whoever got the MVP. They might actually still do that, but I think it was a bigger deal um, for whatever reason back then. So, you know, it's changed. It's three on three now. I think the skills competition is a little more, you know, entertainment and like less competitive than it probably used to be. Um, but I think the skill level is so much higher now that I think, you know, some of the skill drills that are all-star game, old all-star game drills are probably things guys do in practice every day now, like no big deal. Um, but you know, ultimately it's all about the fans and, and them having an opportunity to see these people come together the best in the world. So I, I think it's great for the league and, you know, I, I look forward to seeing how they kind of, uh, continue to modernize it in the coming years. Yeah. And, and it, it's, uh, it's interesting comparing the skills competition to some of the other all-star game prelude events in in other pro sports you think of the home run derby in baseball you think of the slam dunk competition in basketball uh, I, I think the skills competition is is uh is is a cool way for hockey to show the again the the incredible athleticism and hand-eye coordination and and speed and agility that that exists in the game um it's interesting that you mentioned the the mvp getting a car at one point, because that that creates uh, certainly a, a drive 
to, to play for something. Uh, I, I, baseball, once upon a time, you know, the All-Star game, actually not that long ago, the All-Star game determined who had home field advantage in the World Series. I mean, would you improve anything or tweak anything about about the way the All-Star game or All-Star week is currently structured, Colby? I mean, would you would you dangle, you know, even a, a, an even larger carrot out there to really add some weight to the outcome of the game? It's, it's interesting that you ask that because part of me would say, I think that what baseball did was such a great idea. And I actually do like what baseball used to do. And I'm thinking, well, could that work for hockey? And, you know, I do think the team that has the best overall record means they probably have the best overall record against the other conference, their own division and their own conference. So they kind of deserve that home ice, um, you know, but I do think there's probably a way to try to make it a little more competitive. Um, but I, I don't, I don't really have the answer to that question. I think they made it three on three. They put a million dollars as the, as the purse, you know, that gets split up amongst the players, which look, I, I think that, um, was it nine or 10 guys on each team or something like that? And, and so, you know, I, I think they're constantly looking for ways. I, I usually am chomping at the bit to voice sort of my opinion on how or what we could we could try to do to improve. But it, it's tricky because you want guys to be healthy, you know, and, and it's supposed to be a fun event. Right, Kaylee? I mean, it's it's a lot of it has to do with family and friends. But I, I don't I don't really know. And I, I don't nothing really nothing that I feel like is in my mind could really make it better. Although it is something that I've thought about. Yeah. I'm with you too. I mean, it's constantly evolving. They're changing the rules, trying to make it more family friendly. Really. It's about getting people who aren't necessarily hockey fans into the sport. It's about giving young fans an opportunity to see the best players in the world come together and enjoy that. So I, I like it. I think it could, there's always room for growth and the actual game itself maybe isn't that competitive, but I, I think it'd be hard to throw in that element. Like Colby said, with the fact that like players are banged up, it's a tough point of the season. It's supposed to be fun and a little bit more lighthearted. So I think more fun stuff like the purse or the car, things like that, that fans can get into too would make it a little bit more compelling, but it, it would be hard to put, that sort of pressure on players at that point in the season at an event like that. Well, if nothing else, it is a, a great exposition of, of the best talent in the National Hockey League. And the players have their guards down a little bit too, which is, which is neat to see. They've got their, their families, their kids, friends in attendance. And, uh, and it, it's a really fun week to witness either in person or through a, a media perspective, we got to sit down with the Blackhawks 2023 All-Star representative, Seth Jones, and uh, our, our conversation went in, in all kinds of different directions. Certainly started out with the All-Star week coming up, but uh, also ventured into some places off the ice as well. So a really enjoyable conversation with Blackhawks All-Star Seth Jones starts now. Seth, thanks so much for catching up with us on the Blackhawks Insider Podcast. And once again, congratulations on another all-star appearance to pad your resume. And most importantly, your first with the Blackhawks. Again, you've made all-star games before, made all-star teams before, but where were you when you found out about this all-star appearance and, and how did you find out? Uh, I was actually at the rink. Uh, we had a meeting before practice, what was that, maybe a couple weeks ago now? Um, and at the end of the meeting... Uh, Luke told everyone he's got to tell us something, and that's when I found out. So I found out with everyone else um, on the team, and uh, it was a pretty cool moment. Seth, you've been there before. It's not your first time, but it's always pretty exciting being around some of the best players around the National Hockey League. And what um, what is the experience like for you? Was there What's something you watched growing up? Um, about the All-Star Games? And then when you got to participate, like what was your favorite part about going? Yeah, All-Star uh, has a cool aura, obviously, about it. Um, you know, growing up watching All-Star game, it was, you know, East versus West still. Um, and it didn't have to be a you know, player from each team. So, you know, one of the crazy memories is when I think it was fan vote everyone was. 
and the Blackhawks, you know, I think, I don't know what year it was, but it was right in the, the midst of the cups. You know, it was Kane, Taze, Hosa, uh, Seabrook, Keith, and then Crawford and Nett was starting for the West. So, like, I understand why they're doing the player from each team now, but um, uh, that was kind of a cool, cool moment that I remember from, from growing up watching the All-Star games. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a joy to go. It's such a blast going to, to play with, you know, the best players in the world there um and the best players in our league so uh, you know my first one was in uh la and that was the 100th anniversary of uh, the nhl so that was a pretty cool experience for me uh with you know all the great players there that weekend got to meet them all and um uh, so that was pretty special uh, but i'm happy that i'm going back again and uh should be a lot of fun down in florida well then i'm gonna have to ask you who, who in the all-star game are you most looking forward to having a play with instead of having to go against, you know, especially teams in our division that we see all the time. Yeah, I think I saw uh, last night that McKinnon and uh, Randon are also going uh, a hellebuck, I think, for uh, for our division. But, I mean, you know, playing with McCarr and those guys, that's, you know, especially uh, Robertson as well there in Dallas, he's having a heck of a year. Uh, so I'm very excited to play, you know, be on the same team as these guys instead of trying to defend them every night. Any buddies on on the All Star team? You know, it's it's uh, it's an event for family and friends as well. Uh, anybody, either teammates, opponents in the All Star game, or or family members that you're looking forward to hanging out with down there? Yeah, uh, my mom will be down there. Uh, grandma will be down there. They've been to every one, every All Star game I've been to, so they always make that trip. Uh, they wouldn't miss it. Uh, so I'll get to hang out with them in a little bit uh, when I'm not, uh, you know doing all the media stuff for the game all-star weekend. Um, but player wise, I've actually been got really close with McKinnon. Um, cause, cause we kind of went through that draft year together and uh, did a lot of media stuff together. So, you know, I've kept in touch with him over the years and, um, we're still pretty good buddies. So I'm excited to see him. How often do you hear from grandma during the season? I mean, is she texting you after every game? <laughs> no, she's not texting me after every game. Uh, I'll get the random. She's got Instagram now, so uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's that's interesting. Uh, Has, but she'll she send DM me the you? random. Oh yeah, she'll send me the random uh, funny post or meme or something like that on uh, on Instagram, which is uh, which is always a joy. I usually, put the smile on my face when I see that. My grandma always texts me after every Blackhawks game because she listens to all the radios. But you have some incredible women in your life. I love following your mom on Instagram. She's like the ultimate boy mom. Very entertaining, very fun. Yeah. The story about her putting on Jenny from the block to try to toughen you up and pump oh, yeah. in the games is epic. So do you still listen to Jenny from the block? And like, what's the relationship like with your mom now? <laughs> I do not listen to Jenny on the block still. Uh, <laughs> she would do all kind of things to to try to get not only me, but my two other brothers going for, um, for games and, you know, whether it was beating us up in the room or hitting us and making, you know what I mean? Trying to get us pumped up and riled up, um, or, you know, jamming out in the car on the way to the game, we're kids and we're just embarrassed, you know? So, um, but she always did that stuff. We're really close, uh, still to this day. Um, she's always text me. She's, she's coach Jones, you know, she's always text me something after the game that she thinks I can do better. And, Sometimes I look at it, sometimes I don't. So. <laughs> I still listen to Jenny from the block, for what it's worth. Oh, well, Chris, <laughs> yeah. that, doesn't, that doesn't surprise any of us. Don't <laughs> worry, Chris. But, uh, you know, you're, you're, you're a coach's kid, too, because your father obviously is an NBA coach, former NBA player. And you kind of you took my last question with your last answer. So what I was really wanting to know is, You've got a father who's a professional sports coach and professional player. You got a mom who you're telling us you're very close with. You know, we we follow her on social media. She's obviously incredibly invested. Sorry in, in for this. that too. <laughs> oh, well, you know what? I, I, I think that your mom is your biggest fan, and I think it's pre- I, I think I think it's cool how how invested she is. And and um, who who is the hardest coach growing up for you and Caleb? I mean, we'll get into Caleb, but. You know, was your dad, was it your mom, or, or was it grandma that was, like, really laying down the law if you didn't play a good game or maybe they felt like, you're, you know, you didn't work hard enough in a practice or, or a workout? Yeah, um, definitely my mom, I would say. She, uh, 
if she didn't see the work ethic there, it was the car ride home wasn't fun. Let's put it that way. Um, yeah, some tears maybe rolling down the face on the way home. Um, no, it. but it was. Uh, she, she, yeah, exactly. It was. It was a tough love. Both my parents. Um, you know, pretty strict household growing up. You know, three three boys in the house. You kind of had to be. Um, we were running wild all the time. Who knows what we were doing? Fighting and doing crazy stuff. So, um, we needed that discipline in our lives growing up and, uh, you know, they made sure to put it in there. Well, I promise you that I can totally relate to always being a little more nervous when mom didn't think I played well. So I, I, I can relate uh-huh. to that. I, I fully can relate to that. I don't know about you, Chris, but certainly, uh, how it was in the Cohen household. Well, I, I was certainly never a, an athlete at a high level, but uh, yeah, you know, no one, uh, no one knows you better than mom, uh, for for better or for worse. But Seth, does uh, does she have when when you were playing for Columbus and, and Caleb was playing for Edmonton? Did your mom get one of those jerseys of both of your jerseys put together so that when when she watched Columbus play Edmonton, you know, it was like she could support both of you at the same time, literally. I think she did. I can't remember where she saw. I think someone in Edmonton, when she went to go see Caleb play uh, a few years back, had a jersey. I don't know what two players that he had on the jersey, uh, but I think she asked a fan during the game there uh, where he got it. And I think he made her one, um, made her a half Edmonton, half Columbus jersey. And um, so that was pretty cool, actually. I've never seen that before, uh, but she she rocked it a couple times. That, that's that's pretty cool. I, I see that, you know, just whenever, you know, it's a, it's a big deal when a mom has got two kids playing in the same game. And, and so I've seen some creative things done with that. But uh, speaking of speaking of your brother, Caleb, you know, what's uh, what's what's post game like for you guys? Uh, you, you know, and, and we can certainly expand this into into the conversation of what it's like playing playing with your brother on the same team at the NHL level, no less. But, uh, you know, game ends, win or lose. I mean, are you checking in with each other or do you give each other space and, and maybe talk about it, maybe not? Uh, it just depends. I think sometimes, you know, when you when you lose, you know, we're both in a, in a crappy mood. Um, you know, no one's really saying much. Uh, we're not, you know, we just go home and go our separate ways. Sometimes when we lose, we'll call each other and, you know, bicker about something. Who knows? Uh, or when we win, you know, it just depends if like we're both in the talkative mood after the game or not. Um, you know, I've had a 20 minute calls with them when I get, when we both get home, you know, at midnight from the game, sometimes just about the game and, and how we're playing. And sometimes I don't, we don't hear from each other. So, um, it just kind of depends. Um, we like to give it to each other a little bit more about, you know, how we're playing and, um, you know, turnovers and things like that and how we can, we can be better. So, uh, we like to give it to each other a little bit. Um, about that stuff, but what what did you say to him after uh, that play he made in the Philadelphia game? Where I mean, he he should have gotten credit for a save. I mean, he was in the crease, yeah, like, should have <laughs> swatted the puck away. What what did you say to him after that play? That was amazing. Yeah, what a glove save that was, huh? Um, <laughs> I can't remember how the play started, um, but yeah, I mean, he was down, pad stacked it in the crease. Uh, it was pretty impressive in there, uh, and all the boys were, were loving it on the bench too. Were you nervous? Did you see that? It's good form. Skate going down on his head too. Yeah, yeah. He almost. I saw it after the the highlight. He almost got skate to the head there. <laughs> yeah, that, was- that could have been bad. Growing up, was he the goalie because he was the younger brother? Like I know in our house, I was, was the goalie, and then my little brother became the goalie. So I assume Caleb, right? That's exactly right. Exactly right. He would always put the pads on. Uh, and I would, tr- I mean, whether it was mini hockey or, you know, on the sport court ever in the backyard, uh, he was always the goalie. He liked it too. He's pretty good at it. <laughs> it's the younger brother thing. Exactly. I'm not getting in there. I want to fire pucks at him. <laughs> My sister, I guess she was the goalie too, but she was a lot younger. So whenever the puck came, it was basically we'll play until she cries. She just butterfly, close her eyes, put her eyes Otherwise, you weren't allowed to quit. Uh, but I, I also that's usually what happened with us too. <laughs> so when we're playing, or it usually ended in someone getting mad at someone, mm-hmm. someone getting in a fight, and then tears would happen. When we were younger, <laughs> and then then play time was over. <laughs> uh, I thought it was interesting. 
you know, your, your mom wanting to like toughen you up when you were younger and you kind of thought it wasn't really in your nature to be that, you know, hard nosed physical player. One of your idols was Nicholas Lidstrom. And you seem to have this like really laid back, cool personality for what was a wild household growing up with three boys playing hockey together. Where does that come from? And how do you stay so chill? Um, it just, just depends on the situation. You know, there's times where I do get pretty riled up and, uh, and pretty angry, whether it's at myself or the situation. Um, but you know, my dad was a pretty, his personality is pretty laid back and my mom was very, you know, up in, um, I'm not going to say aggressive personality, but, uh, very more, a little more outgoing and things outspoken, like that. Outspoken. Yeah. So I think I got my dad's dad's outspoken. Yeah. Um, I think I got my dad's side of the personality traits a little bit more with that. Um, and so, you know, I've just been more of a, a laid back guy and kind of take things as they come, uh, and kind of roll with the punches in that way. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, on the way to hockey games or hockey practice, it was always trying to get you going, you know, whether it was me or my brothers punching us or pushing us or, you know, acting like we're trying to hit someone or think, something like that. Um, so it was definitely more – the game was a little bit more aggressive back then too. You know, we were watching – you know, my favorite player is Listrom, but, you know, there were a lot more big physical play, big physical D-man. Um, you know, some of the fundamentals I learned back when I was a kid, like putting your stick between guys' legs or twisting them. You know, it's a lot of the stuff you can't do anymore that was kind of portrayed as dirty now. Um, wasn't really dirty back then, I guess. Well, I'm glad Kelly brought up Nick Lindstrom because, you know, there's another guy from that sort of era that I wanted to talk to you about. And, you know, it's a guy that, you know, a lot of hockey players probably between the age of 25 and 35 would, would say he's their favorite player. I just found out from Patrick Kane's father that, you know, Joe Sackick was, was his favorite player growing up, and that's why he wore 19. As a kid, I was wearing 19 because of Joe Sackick. Um you got to actually sort of be in his orbit as a young kid, you know, and, and at least the story reads, uh, or, you know, that he kind of, and your dad knew each other from both playing in Denver and he kind of pushed you guys out onto the ice. You know, Joe Sackick was, was in town a couple weeks ago with the abs game and just talking to him after that game and, and which you guys won and they didn't, you know, have a, a good game. He never panics, Joe. He's the most calm, cool, collected, seen everything, type of guy and and I'm just wondering what kind of influence Joe Sackick has has been to you as a kid maybe now do you guys still keep in touch um you know is there that sort of mentor or friendship there that 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 still exists today uh, I haven't talked to Joe um in a long time um but growing up as a kid he was you know a lot of kids idols in, in Denver um you know the team was they were had a great team um, you know, a lot of Hall of Famers on that team growing up, and uh, it was an iconic team for for a lot of youth hockey kids growing up. And I got a lot of kids pushing to hockey. So, you know, my dad saw him. We obviously wanted to to play hockey, and my dad had nothing. He knew nothing about hockey, uh, and neither did my mom. And you know, they saw each other down in the Pepsi Center, and he said, "What do the kids need to do to get into hockey?" And he said, "Go skate." The first thing they do is learn how to skate because he, I think, he knew where the game was going. You know, you see everyone nowadays is such good skaters out there. Um, and the game is so much faster. So I think he saw that coming before a lot of people did. And, and that's what we did. Took skating lessons for a whole year uh, when I was five, six years old, before I even started playing the game. And, um, you know, I want to say that was a big part of where I am today. So, um, you know, behind the scenes, that was something that, you know, skating is probably one of my best attributes uh, as a player. And um, so I'm, I'm thankful for for that encounter that happened uh, between my dad and Joe. It was a figure. Seth, it's, in, it's interesting getting your perspective on the. Oh, sorry, Chris. Really? I don't think I knew that. A figure skater? <laughs> Did I make it was that a figure up? skating coach. <laughs> sorry. A figure no, okay. It was a figure skating. The lady was a figure skater, but it was more edge work lessons. Come on, guys. That's not... No, no, no. And, <laughs> I wasn't taking I figure skating I didn't, lessons. I didn't mean it. I didn't mean I didn't mean it like that. No, no figure, I know. Figure I know. skaters are great. Are great skaters. And she yeah, the was, edge work, as you mentioned. It was yeah, all about like crossovers and backward skating and forward skating and just really the fundamentals on how to on how to skate. 
Well, even at the national team, they had a figure skating yeah. coach working with all players. I'm sure you worked with mm -hmm. Jerry Kyle. Not only I figure was. skating on the ice, but we used to do that Haydn's figure skating drills off ice. Yes. <laughs> I mean, we, we had a whole circuit built around figure skating training, you know, in our in our 16 and 17-year-olds. And, you know, it sounds like you guys were doing it as well. So, Chris, it's 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 fairly common, I guess, to, to have that sort of yeah. training and kind of not surprised to hear it. You know, Jeff Skinner, there's the people say he was a figure skater growing up. There was a little bit of that yeah. going on in the Buffalo game the other night when he was flopping, flopping all over the rink a little bit on those edges. So it, I think it's it's a fairly common thing. And I think that's probably why so many guys can skate like at, at such a high level at this point. For sure. For sure. And he's he's one of the most um, prolific skaters we have, you know, Edgework. He kind of reminds me of Kaprizov as well, how they. They can open their hips and gain speed, and they're very deceptive on their edges, and they're quick. So, um, you know, it's obviously a handful to handle handle him every night. I, I would just say, too, I, I've commented figure skating events, announced them before, and, you know, there's a there's an athletic component to figure skating, and, and there's totally, a, you know, a, a poetry on ice and artistic component to, to hockey, especially when it's played at, at a high level. So um, I, I – yeah, I think that I think that's really cool. But um, so that you know, it, it's interesting getting your perspective on the game because you've been in the league for ten years, but you're only twenty eight. Uh, you've got a you've got a lot of hockey time ahead of you. Um, you know what? What do you and, and you've you've kind of touched on this a little bit already, but I'd love to hear you elaborate just how you see the game has changed over your decade in, in the NHL and and maybe where you see it, it's going down the road. Yeah, uh, when I came in, it was there weren't many young guys on your team. You know, there may have been one or two 19, 20, 21-year-olds 20 on your team, and then everyone else was, you know, my age now. I'm, I'm not going to say old because, what I, I mean, um, I guess 28 to 33. Yeah. Thanks, guys. I needed that confirmation. Um, <laughs> uh, but, the, yeah, so everyone was around their 30s or older, and um, definitely a different um, – you know, kind of vibe in the locker room uh, with older guys and things like that. And um, the game, the game was definitely more physical and a little bit slower 10 years ago. And I think probably five or six years ago, you could just really see the game take off. Um, you could see, you know, I think the, the main difference for me was the third and fourth lines are now young kids and they're really fast and really skilled and any line can score on you really now um where i feel like you know eight years ago it was really the top two lines mostly doing a lot of the scoring and then you know it was more depth players third fourth line um and you know there's more fighters and things like that um so that's really the, the big difference i see a lot more offensive defensemen as well i i think now a lot more points getting scored on the back end you know the defenseman being the second wave of attack uh, offensively and even leading the rush a lot of the times now um so those are some some big differences i've seen yeah, Peter Morazic echoed that same sentiment. He said when he first came in the league in 2012, him and two other players were 26, and they were the youngest on the team. So even the defensemen in today's game are really young. For you, I was talking to somebody yesterday who was a defenseman, and he was saying it's actually a lot harder for him to defend against some of those big power forwards or somebody like a McKinnon, um, as opposed to some of those high-skilled players um, that can kind of deke and go around you. From your perspective, like what's – Who's one of the more difficult players to defend against without the obvious of Connor McDavid? And like, how do you feel about that? <laughs> uh, well, yeah, I mean, uh, you answered the question. McDavid is, is obviously the, the full package, the hardest to defend. But, um, you know, there are guys that are maybe not as fast as uh, him or as their hands aren't as fast, but um, they're big physical guys. You know, one of the hardest, the D always talk about it when we play Minnesota, one of the hardest lines to defend the league, in our opinion, is uh, Erickson Eck, Greenway, and and uh, Foligno mm. in Minnesota. They're big players. They're physical. Um, they're constantly pushing, you know, the puck, you know, down your throat and and action at the net, jamming your goalie. It's just a physical game against them. Uh, and then they're one of their best lines. You know, they score a lot of goals for that team, and they're really the engine of that team. So I think a lot of defensemen talk about that throughout the league. Well, it's certainly been 
interesting to see how things have evolved and, and see how quick players have gotten. I think that, um, you know, teams have been doing throwback nights recently. I know there was one in Chicago a week or two ago. There was one in Philadelphia when you guys played against them, and they were showing the different fights and things on the, the, the Jumbotron and just seeing guys like Riley Cote. You just don't see that in the game anymore. But, you know, for you, you you came into the league at such a young age and, and you, you've been an all-star. You know, you've really done – and, and achieve so many different things. But now as a 28 year old, you kind of have to settle into that leadership role. And, you know, you wear a letter on your sweater. Now, um, you know, the Hawks are going through a rebuild and in, in which, you know, you're the cornerstone of, and, you know, you're seeing guys like Isaac Phillips and Alex Vlasic last season, and it's probably going to continue. Um, so what, what's that like for you now to sort of take on that bigger brother mentor, like some guys potentially did for you when you were young, you know, obviously there's Caleb, but then there's, there's 21 year old Isaac Phillips, who I see it. Uh, he comes back to the bench and he looks to you and, and these guys, they, they look to you, you know, I know you're not the loud, you're not yelling and screaming. That's not your style, but these certainly the players look towards you for that, you know, support and, and encouragement or, or coaching or, or anything really. Yeah, it's been uh, definitely a transition. I, I'll say the last probably couple of years of my career kind of transforming into that leader. Um, you know, I've been, I've played for some, some great captains and Shea Weber when I came in the league and then Nick Felino in Columbus um, and now Taser, you know, it, it doesn't really get much better than that when it comes to, to leaders and, um, you know, all, every guy had a different style of leadership. Uh, so that's been very interesting to see, but just trying to take bits and pieces of what they do. Um, that was so great leadership wise for their, you know, for the teams that I was on with them. Um, you know, when it comes to a guy like Philly, you can see that he's going to be a great player in this league. Uh, he's a big, strong guy. Um, even though he's so young, he can pass the puck very well. He's a great skater. Uh, I think he's going to be a great piece for this team for, for years to come. Um, and along with, you know, some of our other guys as well. But, you know, anytime I see, you know, Philly, you know, you don't want to get in a guy's head too much. You kind of want to let them learn for them for themselves. But there are times, you know, you say maybe make that pass a little bit quicker or, you know, if you look right, you know, maybe that play is there left or, or something like that. Um, just to try to give him tips and pointers. But, um, you know, he's a very humble kid talking about Philly. He's a very humble kid. Um, he wants to learn. He wants to be better. Uh, and I think, like I said, he's going to be a, a great player. He already is. Seth, uh, and, and that, that's that's great perspective, uh, especially knowing, you know, this speaks to your leadership skills as well, knowing that your words do carry weight on, on the younger players in the league and just kind of giving them their space to do their thing. Um, I want to ask, pivoting a little bit, what do you think of jersey swaps and – I, I haven't, you know, I don't see that. I certainly don't see that take place on the ice after NHL games. Um, is that something that actually goes on? Or, I mean, is that something that uh, you would you would be interested in? Is there anybody that, that you'd want to swap jerseys with? I mean, I'm sure I'm sure there are. But why don't you think that's caught on at the NHL? Uh, I'm not sure why it hasn't caught on. Um, I guess, guy, after the game, you just, you know, whether you win or lose, you, like we'll celebrate in the middle of the ice, and then, you know, the other team's probably mad, so they just go right to their locker room. Um, I'm not sure. You know, I know a lot of sticks get swapped uh, behind the scenes after games or before games. So, you know, you can go to your trader and be like, hey, can I ask, you know, everyone in the league wanted a Yager stick, for example, when he played. That was the hardest stick to get. You couldn't get a Yager stick. Um, you know, or, you know, you can ask your trainer to ask their trainer to get an Ovechkin stick or something like that. So I know sticks go a lot more. Um, you know, I don't know how many jerseys these guys get in these other leagues uh, and things like that, but I don't know why there's not, not many jersey swaps. I guess the guys don't want to sit in the middle of the ice and, uh, and take their jerseys out for all the fans <laughs> and swap it. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Different culture, I guess. Who knows? Yeah. Before I ask you about your all-star commercials, your previous acting debuts, I wanted a quick ask when you mentioned Shea Weber. Um, when you lived with him when you first started, like what was it like living with Shea and kind of what he's like behind the scenes as a young kid? Like, Did you have expectations as his roommate? <laughs> yeah, um, well, he had uh, a wife and two dogs at the time. He didn't have any kids at the time. Um, 
but it was, you know, I, I got, he had a kind of, you know, pretty big house at the time there in, in Nashville and kind of had like my own little wing upstairs. Uh, so, you know, we'd get back home from practice and we would chill and then, you know, he would kind of do his thing and I would do my thing and I wouldn't try to bother him too much, you know, with, with his wife and things like that. But, um, you know, his wife was awesome. Great cook, um, extremely nice, great person. Uh, and so for them to, him to open his uh, home up to me, you know, as a 19 year old, uh, you know, looking for leadership and looking for guidance, my first year in the league was, uh, was pretty special to me. Who, who was the best stick that you got? I, I, I'm like, I heard Chris's question. And so now I'm, I'm curious, did you get a good, did you get Yager stick? No, no. Um, everyone in the league wanted Yager stick. I, I couldn't get it. Um, <laughs> trying to think who I have in the garage. I have a lot of older, older, like I have a Ray Bork stick, which is pretty cool signed. Uh, that's probably my favorite stick that I have. So that's back when he played in Colorado. I think my dad may have got that one uh, for me at the time. Uh, I mean, you know, one of the greatest defensemen to ever play. So that's pretty awesome. Yeah, that's certainly uh, certainly a valuable one. Um, and it, it always probably will be. I'm sure one day you'll have it uh have it on the wall somewhere, but um, those are fun teams to watch. Those Colorado teams. So I I, uh, I remember when Ray Bork got traded there, and and seeing those guys all to go go together and and win a Stanley Cup, and you know getting to play with Chris Bork, his son, who just got inducted into. I think they retired his number in Hershey. He was kind of an American League. Really? He was, you know, Chris Bork was a star American League player. You know, set all mm-hmm. sorts of records and never quite made that transition as smoothly. But, but you know, certainly a, a great family. But, um, you know, this has been really, really, uh, you know, interesting to, to get to know you a little. I, I know we never really got into the Caleb subject, so I, I'll give you one quick question about Caleb. Um, you know, I, I, what's that like to play with your brother? I mean, to 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 for. To have one NHL in your household player is, is unbelievable. But then all of a sudden, you know, your parents raised two kids who, who make the NHL. And, I mean, I don't know if there's something in the water, if it's something in the, in the nutrition. I mean, it, it, it really is incredible with, with when you think about, you know, there's only been less than 8,000 people have ever done this in, in the history of the game. So um, is it special still or does it, does it wear off a little bit? I mean – you know, how, how, how incredible is it just to, to play with your brother at this level? Yeah, it's extremely incredible. Um, you know, I think we take it for granted, to be honest, a little bit, because uh, it hasn't happened that many times. And, uh, you know, you, you, you don't really think about it every day, you know, right now. And even when he was in Edmonton, to think about, wow, my brother's in the NHL. You know, it, it doesn't really settle in unless you take a step back and look at the bigger picture um, of life. And, uh, you know, being on the same team now, we um, – you know, we're, we have fun with each other, I think. You know, say I go and make a mistake, I'll come back to the bench and he'll be like, you know, maybe you should make that play next time. I'm like, thanks. <laughs> thanks, man. <laughs> and so and when he goes and makes a play, I'm like, hey, just get that out. Right? Just make a harder play there. And he'll be like, you know, I'm not going to say it on air. but um, yeah. So we, we go back and forth a little bit, uh, which is fun. Uh, and we're just trying to make each other better. And it's been that way since we were kids. Um, you know, our parents always gave us the tools and uh, to be successful growing up, which we were, we're thankful for and um, always give us the opportunity. Uh, and so we didn't want to take that for granted. And we wanted to work hard and and uh, and, you know, earn respect as as players. Seth, uh, I want you to answer this question as honestly as you can. But uh, who wins one on one in basketball? You or Caleb? I'll say I would win probably eight or nine times out of ten. Uh, if we're playing like games to five, I'd win eight games out of ten for sure. Some I will say he can get hot from three. He's got some weird thing going on that he just chucks threes up. And when he gets hot, it's crazy. Um, he looks like he thinks he's Curry, but he's, he's obviously not. Uh, but when I when 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 push comes to shove, um, I can back him in, back him down into the paint and use my size a little bit more over him it doesn't end well because he takes hard fouls he's not gonna let me get free free buckets um so then gets a little heated toward the end but i usually come out victorious is there anyone else in the locker room that uh 
you think could hold his own on the on the hardwood or or even on the on the driveway? Um, we actually had we did a Halloween party uh, as a team. What was that? Two months ago now, um, and there was a little basketball court area on the side of it. And so the guys were doing the free throw competition and they were doing, uh, I, I think I, I call it knockout, but it's called thunder or something. Some, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Knockout, and so, yeah, uh, yeah knockout. Um, knockout, right? And uh, Kaner actually has got a pretty good stroke. Uh, there's some guys with, with some decent game. Double uh, A has got a good game. Uh, Domes as well. So there's some shooters on our team for sure. <laughs> Good stuff. I, I can attest to Kaner being a good basketball player. Some driveway yeah. hoops in high school. He he was always good at everything we would do away from the rink. Yeah, he's got great form. I think he went nine out of ten on free throws. We did a free throw competition. He went nine out of ten, so he was stroking it pretty good. Really good. The guy's good at Seth, everything, huh? Yeah, uh, yeah. Some some people, right? Um, Listen, before we let you go, I want to I want to run some rapid fire uh, questions by I, I, and I, I saw you doing this with Scott Powers of the Athletic uh, the other day. I promise these will be different questions, but um, all right, you ready? Yep. Okay. Are you more of a of a couch potato or a social butterfly on a day off? You like to stay in or go out? Couch potato. College basketball or NBA? NBA. Do you have a favorite team? Um, I just like watching the good players, I think. MJ or like LeBron? If there's a good team on, then I'll go. Oh, sorry. Uh, MJ, LeBron, MJ. If you could eat in one city, either Dallas or Chicago, for the rest of your life, which would you pick? Oh, good easy, Chicago. <laughs> okay. I mean, you know, Dallas, you've got good barbecue. You've got Tex-Mex. What, uh, you do. What, what's your – You do. What do you like about Chicago? What's your favorite food in Chicago? I, I just think you get – there's just so many – like, you can never try all the restaurants in Chicago, I feel like. There's so many of them. And there's always new ones opening up. And you can go get steak. You know, a lot of steakhouses, of course. Um, or Italian – uh, I I haven't had a Mexican in Chicago yet, to be honest. Um, I guess I just haven't haven't tried anywhere, but I'm sure there's somewhere good. It's out there. I, I recommend La Luna down in Pilsen if if you're if you ever have the mood uh, or ever are in the mood. But you know, it's um, Mexican food in, in Dallas is hard to beat. I I will I will acknowledge that. That's true. Um, That's true. Video games. Are you a are you a sports video game guy? Are you a first person shooter guy? Um, I don't play anymore, but I was definitely a first person shooter. I was both actually. Growing up as kids, we would always play NHL or NBA um, against each other, uh, or my brothers. Uh, but then I turned more into first person shooter, probably. And last thing, uh, I, I know you in the past have liked to cook. Do you still like to cook? I do. I do. Um, you know, it's kind of when I'm feeling it a little bit now, you know, especially like mid season. Sometimes you're tired and you're just like, it's so easy to get in the Uber eats and uh, that, in that world <laughs> in the vortex in the Ford. Yeah, exactly. And you're on it for 30 minutes trying to find out what's new on there. And you haven't eaten it. Haven't. You're like, All right, Chick-fil-A, whatever. Exactly. Chick-fil-A. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I try to cook when I can. Uh, so after practice, I'm, I'm you know if I'm feeling it to go to Whole Foods, and I'll just get get dinner. And if not, then it's definitely a new breeds. Uh, any like, do you have a go to recipe? Uh, I know you know I've, I know you you've talked about your chicken parm mm. in the past. Are are you still a chicken parm guy? Have you moved on to something else? I mean, yeah, I like chicken parm. It's kind of a hassle to make. It's not definitely not like a an everyday thing of course um but you know just i like cooking salmon uh or steak just throwing it throwing it in the oven uh some potatoes and you know a veggie on the side something simple it's not too hard to cook or you know, it doesn't take too much time all right well kaylee colby uh 
I think uh, I think we've taken up enough of Seth's time. Listen, Seth, we really appreciate this. Uh, it, it's been a lot of fun covering you this season and, and for the two years you've been in Chicago. And um, congratulations once again on the on the All Star birth of the fourth of your career. Uh, many more to come in Chicago. We we certainly hope. But uh, good luck the rest of the season, and, and we look forward to following uh, how everything goes down in Florida. Thanks again. Perfect. Thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate it. All right. Thanks once again to Seth Jones. Can't wait to watch Seth in the 2023 NHL All-Star Game down in South Florida. The Blackhawks are going to have some cameras following him around that week, so there will be a lot of great content coming out uh, on behalf of the Blackhawks and Seth Jones's All-Star Week experience. So as we get into sellies and chirps now, where each of us bring a topic of discussion to the group and invite our co-host to either celebrate it or chirp it, we'll start with Colby Cohen, who appropriately has a, as an All-Star Game-related selly or chirp. Are we celebrating or are we chirping this whole retro phase that we're in? The NHL just released the All-Star Game jerseys. They're kind of a nod to 1994, uh, the All-Star Game jerseys, except I think they gave sort of the reverse retro flair to it. Now, I, I understand why they wouldn't copy the jersey exactly, because then you have some fans that say, oh, I don't need to buy this jersey because I already have the one from 1994, albeit might fit a little differently and might have a little bit of a different uh material to it so i don't know how you guys feel about this me personally i I celebrate this i I like this reverse retro phase that we're in in all walks of life i think so many things are coming back i love the all-star jersey which is why i'm celebrating it i've gotten a lot of text messages so it's like maybe controversial some people say they think it's ugly some people like it i'm celebrating it kaylee i don't know how you feel about it I'm with you. I'm celebrating it. I love reverse retro. I love the nostalgia. I'm not a huge fan of the, like, everything coming back from Y2K. That was not a good look for a lot of people. So that's different. (laughs) But 90s all day. That was a great time for everything. The look, the style, the feel. So these reverse retros, I can totally stand behind. It's more so the the Y2K, that's just not, it's not good. It's not a good situation right now for a lot of people who are into that style. 90s, totally support it. I love the jersey. I think it's really cool. I want one. I'm going to, I'm going to celebrate the jerseys. I think, uh, I think there's a Miami Vice look to them, which is, which is appropriate given the, given the location in Sunrise, Florida. So I think that's really cool. Um, I'll be interested to see how the white looks on the ice in, in, in a recent game, you know, that Buffalo Sabres game where the Sabres were wearing their reverse retros and it was basically white on white playing on ice on a, on a white surface. You know, that, that definitely poses a lack of contrast. <laughs> Again, I, I like, uh, I like the classic looks and uh, you know, I, I think there's certainly room to, to riff on that, but, um, you know, I think it becomes just a, a a money grab when when you go too far, and so I I wouldn't like to see, I guess, any more than than what we've already had. But an all star game is is a perfect format to do something that's a, a little bit out there or pushes the boundary creatively a little bit more. That was a good that was a good topic, uh, Colby, and and now to uh, to take it in a completely different direction, we we go over to Kaylee. Yep, pivot. I was um, having breakfast with the Blackhawks director of security, Brian Higgins, and we both love sushi and we both love soy sauce. And I was thinking in my head, like as we both had our plates full of sushi, if I don't have soy sauce on my sushi, I will not eat the sushi, I don't think. And I never really thought about it before. It's one of my favorite foods. So my cellular chirp is if you have sushi, is it a must? It's not really a celly, I guess, but it's, is soy sauce a celebration? Like I have to have it or I will not eat the sushi or are you okay with eating sushi without soy sauce? Colby, why don't you, why don't you take it? <laughs> well, I, you, you've, your, your cellies and chirps lately have been like total hot button debate topics. It was the, <laughs> the, the airplane. That's the point. <laughs> it was, it was the, 
It was the airplane pet peeves, which probably got me my heart racing pretty good. Um, and then now this isn't this is an interesting one. Well, were you? This was not this morning though, correct? Because you guys weren't eating sushi this morning no, for breakfast. breakfast right? Yeah, I, I need to follow up on that. Were you, were you having sushi for breakfast? No. Oh, you know, we were talking about it because we both had sushi for lunch and I noticed okay. Brian and I both really wanted okay. more soy sauce. And so Brian and I were in the boat. Okay. He was like, honestly, that's a great question. I don't think I'd eat sushi if I didn't have soy sauce. And I was like, that's crazy. <laughs> but I also won't okay. eat it. I just, I, just, I just needed to clarify that. So here, here's what I would say. I would say mostly yes, I would agree with you actually. Like you need soy sauce. You got to be able to dip your sushi and soy sauce, but there are certain exceptions to that. Uh, there are certain sushi restaurants, namely one in Vancouver, which I know you guys are going to be in Vancouver shortly. Um, although I'm not, are you doing the Western Canada trip, Kaylee? I think we're, we actually, I think I saw on the scheduler and studio for that one. So Chris, I'll give you the name of that sushi restaurant in Vancouver, but there are certain exceptions where they might put some other type of sauce already on the sushi you know, it might have a, you know, I don't know what any of those sauces are called. So I'm not even going to pretend to be yum yum sauce. They are just whatever <laughs> sauce. Right. And so but but you do need to have some sauce on sushi. So so I'm going to stop rambling here and just agree with you, because I think generally speaking, uh, yes. So this is a major chirp for me. And I, I mean, look, at, at the end of the day, all you're saying is you like soy sauce more than sushi. All right. I mean, let's just let's just break it down. No, they and, go together. It's it's not saying but it, that it's just saying but if that you're they go not well gonna, together. But if you're not going to have sushi without soy sauce, then don't I, I, I don't think my you mouth. really like sushi. <laughs> yeah, but there are certain foods that I like more with ketchup, and that doesn't mean I'm just going to eat ketchup or like, <laughs> like I enjoy a hot dog better with ketchup. I enjoy a hamburger, or a cheeseburger better with ketchup. Like that—that's like not what thing. we're debating. But you would still eat a hot thing. dog or a hamburger without ketchup, right? And I could still eat the sushi, but it just wouldn't be as good. But but this is Kaylee is like can't like can't do it right like if it doesn't Ryan, if it's Ryan not slathered. <laughs> do it that's what i'm saying like i mean if if it's this if it's this stark of a of an either or like if, it, if it's, i'm not i no soy sauce i'm not touching it i uh i i gotta i gotta chirp that because first of all i don't like soy sauce it's it's just way too it's just way too salty and soy sauce I'm, at my house before I, not on not on sushi what no i haven't <laughs> yeah you have i i those pork chops that i made last time you came over for dinner had soy sauce on them that they was a marinade that was that was a marinade come on that Still was a marinade soy sauce for the not in it not in its like purest form what'd you say not like the, the kikoman bottle wasn't on the table okay <laughs> anyways sushi i i eat sushi for the fish and and the rice and that combination that texture soy like soy sauce okay like look i i if you want to put soy sauce on it that's your prerogative but we're i mean drawing this line in the sand where you won't have sushi without soy sauce that's that's crazy i find it it essential i find it odd that you don't like soy sauce so i'm gonna keep an eye on that (laughs) (laughs) kaylee he's eating soy sauce in my house just because he didn't know it was soy sauce and he told me and I even told him when he said Where this to me, he was like, okay, next time you could drive two hours yeah. to come over for dinner. You, you're, next time I'm, you're, you're getting the invite, the pork chop night invite. But I We're having sushi. I, Kaylee, I douse these things. I literally douse it in soy sauce and other things. And then Chris told me it was the best pork chop he ever had, which I don't believe because it wasn't that good. But it, it, he did eat the whole thing. All right. It, it was a really good pork chop. Um, I, I didn't I didn't know there was soy sauce on there. So I, I am going to retract my my comment <laughs> there. Uh, but anyway, OK, that 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 was a that was a great that was a great. Discussion. She always killed You've really been getting us going lately. You're you're I you're, you're uh, I like to write down my thoughts. <laughs> 
Do you have a Do you have a diary, a journal? Not, I'm imagining. Not a, not a diary of my thoughts. <laughs> I do keep a notes page with things I want to bring up. To <laughs> All right, Chris. Kaylee Chelio, stream of consciousness. What do you got for yes. us? Yes. Okay. Here, here, here is more. Here is more food for thought. Continuing the theme for Sellies and Chirps. Okay, so Kaylee's Kaylee's Sellies and Chirp, very thought provoking, and it got me thinking. Pizza with ranch. It, it's not quite the either or. Like you won't have sushi without soy sauce. I'm not asking, will you have pizza? without ranch, but are we celebrating or chirping just the, the concept of pizza with ranch? Because I know some people that will plant that flag in the ground and, I mean, defend it uh, very, very militantly, pizza on ranch. And and I, I just, uh, I want to ask you, Selly or Chirp, pizza with ranch or ranch dressing on pizza? Colby, you look disgusted. I'll let you take this first. <laughs> you look disgusted. The pizza man. You look disgusted. I am not. I am not a pizza and ranch or blue cheese. I don't really. I don't really. Lo- the only time I even will touch ranch or blue cheese is if I have a chicken wing in front of me that needs to be cooled down because I don't have a great tolerance for spice. And even that, I mean, I'm just not into the consistency of ranch or blue cheese. And when I see people dipping every bite, and I've seen it, and I know the people you're talking about that are total ranch on pizza, you know, loyalists. (laughs) It is not for me. I'm chirping it. I am not into it. If your pizza needs ranch... Find a better pizza place. <laughs> I'm in the same boat. I am definitely chirping it. Ranch is a very bold flavor. I've never liked it. And there's so many good toppings on pizza. You know, there's different levels of like what you're allowed to do. Soy sauce and sushi. Great. Pretty, pretty important. Like, but like ketchup on steak to me is a no-go. And ranch on <laughs> pizza is a me that's not legit you need colby's right i think you need to find better pizza then or at least a better topping i don't like the flavor of ranch at all so that's not my jam isn't the consistency of ranch kind of troubling it's like what is the consistency it's like (laughs) it looks like it looks like somebody put glue into like a bigger bottle that you can see like it just oh i just can't i can't do it you love it, don't you, Chris? You probably love no. it. No, no. Actually, this is this is the best. This is the best thing that's happened on this episode because now we can be friends again. I also don't like ranch on pizza, and I think it it um, it just trashes pizza. I mean, have some respect for pizza. Okay, you're going to put ranch dressing on pizza. Now, having said that, as a Midwesterner. Uh, I, I feel like I'm going against my culture to disavow ranch dressing in this way, but I agree with with Kaylee and and Colby. I think there's something about ranch that is very off-putting. And uh, again, if you need to put it on your pizza, you need better pizza. So glad we're all on the same page there, and can end this sellies or chirps conversation on a high note. Kaylee, you've been bringing the heat though. Now you're really setting the yeah. mark on a high for these, and you're you're, you're very much turning these into like hot item debate topics. And yes, kind of like it. Thank you. You uh, you would have fun yes. in my house. Maybe we'll host a dinner because that's all I do <laughs> with my husband. Sellies <laughs> or chirps. Basically, like, yeah, I live in a Sally and Chirp environment in my house sometimes unintentionally, but I'm excited. Now I, now I feel like I set the bar really high with the soy sauce situation, so I'm going to have to really think next week. That was, uh, that was a hot button topic for sure. Well, this has been uh, another fun episode. Again, our all-star edition of the Blackhawks Insider Podcast. We want to thank you, our listeners, first and foremost, for joining Blackhawks.com for the latest and greatest Blackhawks-related content. And again, 
You want to have Blackhawks.com bookmarked for All-Star Week. There's going to be a ton of great stuff coming out, especially around Seth Jones. Brad Dollar, Southside Jake, our Blackhawks Insider Podcast DJs. Thank you very much for the tunes. Trevor Bray, Jenna Rose, our producers. For my co-host, my all-star co-host, Kaylee Chelios, Colby Cohen, I'm Chris Fosters. We will talk to you next time on the Blackhawks Insider Podcast.